Hello and welcome to the SaltCast. My name is Ryan Johnson and today we're welcoming back uh, Jason, Danny, and Paul. Guys, good morning and welcome back. Good morning. Glad to be here. It's always good to see you guys' smiling faces in the morning. I, uh, I like how most podcasts, when you say hello, Par's the only one that responds. <laughs> Paul, Paul and I normally just sit here like, we'll let, we'll let Par say hi. We're hey, everybody. <laughs> We're here in the background, baby. I guess that was my way of chiming in and saying, hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me. You know, it's always appreciated. <laughs> you know, some feedback, some conversation. Um, but uh, last week, um, we... We always talk about in our podcast the three questions you know you should be asking yourself uh, when it comes to determining uh, your sales tax responsibilities. And um, today I wanted to kind of talk about you know after you've asked yourself those three questions, I'm sure we'll we'll cover that as we go. But there's a you know some steps you got to take, and one of those steps is getting registered. And there I know there's some complexity to that. You guys are able to answer a lot of my questions. Uh, before this podcast, because I, I have, don't have a whole lot of experience in it, but I know you guys do, and we do a lot of uh, registrations uh, for, for companies. So I thought that you guys could kind of talk to uh, our audience about kind of what the steps are, what you should be looking for, and kind of what makes it complex and, and you know, how to navigate that correctly. <laughs> Well, the first thing I'll say about uh, specifically sales tax registrations is it's far more complex than people think it is, right? So we uh, file uh, registrations daily, weekly. We're consistently helping uh, companies get registered for sales tax purposes. And <clears throat> the, the running joke is um, we have a, a pretty straightforward fee per state to get you registered. But if you want to do it yourself or be involved, then we charge two or three times that fee. <laughs> um, because essentially what happens is someone says, no, we're just going to do it ourselves," And we say, that's fine. That's fine if you want to do it yourself. Just be careful, right? Um, make sure you read all the questions. Make sure that you're, you're familiar with what happens based on how you answer questions on those forms. And then inevitably, um, people who say, we're just going to do it ourselves, they come back to us and say, uh, hey, could we, could we go ahead and have you guys do it? Um, we've run into some problems. Well, then uh, not, not only have we lost efficiencies in actually getting you registered, but we've got to go fix things right, at the state. And that's why we charge two or three times more if we're going to come in after someone. So, and maybe Paul can chime in on that because he has seen this consistently, but it's more complex than you think. Yeah, no, definitely. It's a, it's a very complex, and it, the reason why it's complex, and naturally every state manages and, and dictates their sales tax, income tax, property tax, business licenses, all different. It's all unique. Um, and so when it comes to registering, you, you, you have to have a solid understanding of what your footprint is and, and, and what your requirements are by state. A lot of e-commerce sellers, for example, don't understand and don't realize that there's an income tax requirement uh, to file and remit income tax. 
uh, in most states. And some states, when you register for sales tax, they automatically open up or set up a income or a franchise or uh, the like uh, registration for you. And so when you submit the registration, uh, oftentimes people are confused or they're just un unaware of what is out there and what their requirement is. And it's um, it's interesting because it, it seems like it doesn't happen, um, I would say, weekly, but it happens a few times a month when we're on a what's next call or I get a, a question from a potential client or even a current client who's looking to expand and grow their business and register in other states. Hey, I, I got registered, but I got this notice. Like, what is this all about? <laughs> and so you just have to walk through and explain to them the specifics behind um, the license or the registration. One of the more common ones is, is Colorado when you register for a, a local Colorado registration because the home rule jurisdictions administer their tax independently. The home rule jurisdictions will issue a business license and you have to pay the business license fee on an annual basis. And that fee can range anywhere from $15 to $125 a year. And so oftentimes businesses take the approach of, you know, I'm not going to get a business license because the amount of business or the type of business, the type of sales that I'm making to the jurisdiction, it just doesn't warrant me getting a business license. Now, obviously, if you have a physical presence, you have a retail store, you have a location where where you have customers coming in, a business license is going to be required, and, and you're going to need a business license. Um, but there are different instances, if you're an e-commerce seller, or an online retailer, where you won't need a business license um, because all you're doing is shipping goods into the jurisdiction via common carrier. But there are just so many different facets and so many different areas in which uh, a different type of registration, whether it be a sales tax registration or an, an out-of-state sales tax registration. Um, some of the states call it something different. Every state and every jurisdiction, it seems like there are some similarities, but because of their uniqueness, it's it's different and it's complex. So, Yeah, you bring up a really good point there. <clears throat> if you're talking just about sales tax alone, um, it can be complex in various states, right? Some states require you to file a retail sales tax license, right? So that's to collect and remit sales tax on a sale. Colorado, a good example. Um, and then some states have a retail sales tax. They also have what's called a vendor's use tax, which just means I don't have a presence there, but I'm selling into that state. And so the state considers that a use tax, not a sales tax, but I have to actually file and remit my return under a different registration number uh, when I make those types of sales. And then lastly, I'm, I'm working with a client right now that just simply wants to remit some tax on some purchases they made. Um, it, you brought this to my attention, Paul, because it just happens to be Colorado, a home rule city in the state of Colorado. And, um, the vendor didn't charge them tax, but they owe tax on it. So they just want to add it to the return. Well, you, you can't just add it to your retail <laughs> sales tax return. Um, the only way to add tax like that is to uh, file for a consumer's use tax license, which allows you to remit tax on purchases where tax was not collected by the vendor. Yeah. So yeah. sales tax itself can be 
pretty complicated. Obviously, every state is is not that complicated, but there's enough nuance to it <clears throat> that we recommend um, doing the thing that we always say, which is collaboration builds confidence. Just gaining some confidence by collaborating with someone. Um, more so, let someone who knows how to do this, just, just let them do it. Um, but you brought up another thought, Paul, that I think is important. Sometimes someone just wants us to get them registered for sales tax because they learn that they've exceeded a, a, an economic threshold or uh, they've hired an employee in another state, they have physical nexus, whatever the case may be. And it's important to, to review each state because if you register for sales tax, you might need to register with the Secretary of State to conduct business in that state, even though you don't have a physical presence there. And if you're required to uh, register with the Secretary of State, you're probably going to need a registered agent in regard to uh, mailing activities and, and other legal matters that may occur in the state. Um, very likely, you might be responsible for an income, a state income tax registration. Uh, as Paul mentioned, some states automatically set you up for an income tax registration, and then you have to battle with the state to prove that you're not subject to register for that type of tax. Um, but on the income tax side, more and more states are moving towards an economic nexus approach, just like they've done with sales tax. And so where you have historically thought, I, d I don't have nexus there because I don't have any property, I don't have any employees, I have sales there, but um, there's nobody in state. Well, states are moving to that uh, marketability of a company and looking at their sales into the state um, as a single factor. So it's important to determine whether you do have that responsibility or not, and whether you check that. You know, some, some will ask you to check if you do or check if you don't have a responsibility there, and you need to know whether you do or don't uh, before you check that box. And then Paul alluded to the fact that um, even if you're an e-commerce seller, there are some states that impose um, and it's not the state, but it's local jurisdictions that may impose a business license requirement, right? So business licenses historically are, are based on physical locations. Um, several cities and local jurisdictions across the U.S. have different types of licensing requirements if you're located there physically. But and it may not just be a physical location. It could be the type of business you are might require a specialized license. Um, and, and so I guess all I'm saying here is there's a sufficient complexity that you really need to know um, other aspects of your registration footprint before you just file a registration form. The last thing I'll say about just filing because you believe you have Nexus, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't just file because you believe you exceeded a threshold. Um, you really need to look at what your historical responsibility may have been. If you just register and you're not sure, it's very possible that the state could come back and say, wait a minute, we think that maybe based on your answers on this registration form that you had Nexus 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 3 years ago. And if you did and you filed a registration form, you may have passed up any opportunity to participate in some sort of a voluntary disclosure program or amnesty program uh, to try to limit the amount of tax that comes out of your own pocket 
with penalty and interest. So if you think you have Nexus, um, j just set up for a what's next call and chat with us and let's talk through it. And uh, we'll, we'll give you advice without needing to be your provider um, that does that for you. We're happy to do it because we want to help people. Um, but please don't just register if you think you have Nexus. Um, there, there's better steps to take. Amen. You know, I had a call yesterday with a, a new prospective client who was actually a referral from a partner of ours um, who actually prepares the returns, does the tax rates. They provide everything for this company, but they were unable to provide some consulting that they needed in Canada. And Canada has been one of the more recent, um, more popular discussions, it seems like, at least in the last two weeks. For me, I've I've had multiple conversations with businesses who are trying to expand. You know, we've been in the in the U.S. market for years, and now we want to get registered in Canada. And at the end of the call, they they specifically indicate, you know, we're really appreciative of of uh, your time here. This is something that we just can't get out of a blog or of an out of an article or something that's posted online. Um, as we've been able to meet today, we've been able to build confidence and, and we have a solid understanding of the pros and the cons. And we're, we'll, we'll be able to make a, a business decision of whether or not we want to get registered and, and move forward in Canada. So even amidst all the information that's out there, I mean, there's lots of it. I mean, lots of, of, of people are posting information, but there's a, there's a lot of confidence and peace of mind that comes from a simple what's next call. And it, it takes, you know, 20, 30 minutes at the end of the call yesterday. I, I didn't have anything to sell them. I didn't have anything to do for them. I just <clears throat> was able to walk through with them the legislation, pros and cons of abiding by it uh, and not abiding by it. And uh, just there's a lot of confidence that, that comes through it, a simple discussion with, with the Pfizer Johnson team. So, Word. <laughs> Agreed. Um, there is so much information, and I think... Because of all the information, it does get confusing, and you don't know if what they're talking about applies to you or not. So it is really good to be able to get on the phone with somebody who knows this stuff and can tell you, you know, what does apply to you and what you should be doing. Um, but thanks, guys, uh, for this great discussion. You know, don't rush in. You know, if once you find out you have Nexus, don't rush in um, unless you just started, I guess. I don't know, but it's really good to chat with us to, to find out exactly um, what you should be doing. Um, well, that wraps up our time here. Uh, again, guys, thank you so much for being on with me today, and we hope to see you on another one.